Welcome to today's episode of Practical Faith with Pastor Nick Cash. Practical Faith is all about providing real tools for integrating Christian faith into your everyday life. Hi, welcome back to Practical Faith. In the previous episode, I led you through an exercise from Mark chapter 8 to clarify who Jesus really is and why that really matters to us. In this passage, Jesus asks his disciples who the people say he is, and they give an assortment of answers. Then he asks, but who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up. He's always the first one to speak up. He says, you are the Messiah. Peter answers from his heart, and incidentally, his heart answer was correct. Jesus is the Messiah, but Peter and the disciples didn't really know what all that meant. They each had their own ideas as to who God's Messiah would be, what God's Messiah would do for the people, and how he would go about doing it. In verse 31, it says, Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed, and then after three days to rise again. See, Jesus doesn't waste this special moment of realness with Peter and his disciples. Jesus has just had this breakthrough with Peter, and now Jesus capitalizes on this moment to explain to them what the Messiah, what God's Messiah would really do. But Jesus's response apparently offends Peter because in verse 32, it says that Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. No, 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 Jesus, what are you saying? Stop this, you're you're talking nonsense. You are the Messiah, you're God's anointed one. You've been sent to bring deliverance to God's people. You, You mustn't talk about persecution and death like this. It's unbecoming of God's anointed. And besides that, you're starting to scare us a little bit. That's my paraphrase, of course, of what verse 32 says. Then in verse 33, it says, turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, these famous words, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Did you notice where Jesus looked after Peter rebuked him? It says, but turning and looking at his disciples. This is an absolutely critical moment between Jesus and his disciples. Jesus has just for the first time welled up the courage to explain the journey that he is about to have to take as God's Messiah. For him, even speaking it into existence now for the first time has made it more real than it was before. And yes, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully human. And here, the fully human Jesus has just for the first time spoken what his fully human self would have to undergo as Messiah. And Peter responds by saying, no way, you can't do that and you can't talk that way. Well, Jesus cannot afford to let this moment slip. This is a crisis moment for the human Jesus, one of his first big opportunities to turn away from God's purpose on his life. If he agrees with Peter in this moment, if he affirms Peter's rebuke, or even if he just ignores it and lets it slide, Jesus would be allowing the metal of his commitment to obey God's call to be shaken and weakened. Jesus could also see it in the faces of his disciples. They must be thinking, what exactly is the role of the Messiah anyway? They all have their own ideas about it, but Jesus' talk about persecution and suffering and death, it doesn't fit into any of their boxes. Verse 33, but turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Wow, Satan, really? Did Jesus just call Peter Satan? Why did he do that? Jesus has just declared the true role of the Messiah aloud for the first time. And upon hearing this, Peter says, come on, Jesus, don't say that. Is that really what the Messiah is supposed to do, suffer and die? That doesn't sound like something God would do. Well, you may recall another time in the Bible where God's motives and purposes were questioned in a similar fashion. And who did the questioning? In Genesis chapter 3, Satan comes to Eve as a serpent and asks her, did God really say you'd die if you ate that fruit? Come on, that doesn't sound like God, does it? Surely that's not what he said, right? See, the impact of Adam and Eve's sin was enormous. 
all of mankind was cursed through it. The magnitude of the temptation of Jesus in this moment with Peter is immeasurable. The power of doubt, specifically of doubting God's motives, of God's goodness. If Jesus caves in here, it would be worse for mankind than even the fall of Adam and Eve was. Jesus must stand strong in this critical moment. The fate of humanity rides on how Jesus will deal with this attack on his trust of God's goodness. In the next episode, we'll see how Jesus translates this, his true identity and destiny as Messiah, into our true identity and destiny as his followers. Practical Faith provides five minutes of fuel for following Jesus in your everyday life. To find more ideas and free resources like these, visit us online at liketreesplanted.com.